What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, May 29th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Funhouse's own Alana Pierce. Hi, what's up? Good morning. Uh, uh, nothing's up. What's up with you? How you doing? You know, just drinking our coffees. Do you want to hey, like? Look at us, just two normal little... blokes here drinking hot cheers to yeah. you. Yeah, you're yeah, you're exactly, hovering exactly. above Earth. Is that what's happening here? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Okay. I do this all the time. Every oh, yeah, Friday. Just, every Friday, you just <laughs> randomly float around Earth. No yeah. big deal. I'm buddies uh, with Elon Musk. Don't worry about it. Alana, thank you so much for joining us and for doing Funhouse Week with us. Of course, it's been kind of Funhouse Week. Uh, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash funhouse. See all the content we've made together. Go find out where you can find it. Have you had fun, Alana? Hey, time. We should do, do it again, you know? I agree. All the time. All the yeah. time. <laughs> we should I just combine I get to talk about them. video games more. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what Adam was saying. I was like, oh, I guess that's right. Yeah, Funhouse does. Uh, you're so diverse that you, you're you not always like us uh, somehow anchored in games talking about it every day. And Pretty some... rarely, honestly. Yeah. Like, like when we do uh, gameplays, like occasionally if it was Lawrence, I guess Adam too, um, we'd get caught up just talking about um, whatever game we're playing. But for the most part, Funhouse content is about being funny or talking about like personal stuff more so than it is talking about video games, except for sure. occasionally the podcast. So I get that with inside gaming and, and writing the news and stuff like that, but don't usually get this much time just talking about video games. It's great. Do you miss it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Love talking about games, but I mean, that's why I started my own gaming podcast and I, you know, still my YouTube channel, which is still always just been a personal thing, not something I've taken seriously professionally is all about video games, even though it's supposed to be a personal channel. Like in theory, I should be making vlogs, but I'm like, but what if I just talk about games again? Exactly. <laughs> what if I still just talk about the things? Yeah, I, like I can't help it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You're welcome back anytime. Whenever you get the hanker to talk about games, you come on back. Don't worry about it. Sure. COVID, not, not welcome. You? Welcome. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, there's no time to delay, to horse around, to do any of this stuff. The PlayStation 5 event has been revealed. We are going to talk about it because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can get the show ad-free. You can be part of this show. You can get the show with the exclusive post show. It's a humdinger of a good time. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe uh each and every weekday uh housekeeping for you guess what alana it's our 700th episode of kind of funny yeah. games daily thank That's you very a lot much of episodes that's a lot of episodes. As usual, kind of funny best friend Kenny Ballou has given us a traditional stat breakdown. We will save that for the end of the show when we're closing out. Maybe even the post show, depending on how long we go. Um, right now, over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, uh, Nick Scarpino's part one of his first ever playthrough of The Last of Us Part One is up. It is nine hours long. Uh, from what I've been told. Uh, wow. It's a 16-hour long thing. We wanted to upload one giant 16-hour video because we're idiots, Alana, and YouTube's like, we don't take videos that large. And we're like, fuck, no we should have looked, looked into this ahead of time. You can do. I know you can do 10 hours because they have those music loops of like 10-hour long things. But also, the fact that he hadn't already played that seems like a fireable offense. Um, well, if, you know, trust me, on the list of fireable offenses Nick has done, man. That's only like a five. What, 
yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> that's it's not even the biggest deal we could possibly have. Uh, so that part one is up right now and part two is posting tomorrow. So you can watch nine hours today and then I guess seven hours tomorrow would make sense or whatever. Uh, YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, today yeah. we have a huge predator stream, predator hunting grounds. We're doing another sponsored stream, uh, 2 PM twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We're playing for three hours. I think I will hit level 100 during it. So pretty big day for me. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Things you, Ke- oh, it's Kevin that popped up. I got very confused. Oh, yeah, I also yeah. just want to say that the, there's some weird issue with my webcam where it occasionally flickers um, for everyone watching. Sorry about that. It's the satellite connection being in space. We're not worried about it. I mean, you're beaming all the way from the International Space Station, exactly. right? It's really difficult. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's Australia and America working together, keeping you up there. So It's tough. It's, it's exactly uh, today. Our sponsors are our Patreon producers. So please be like them and head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support it, support the show, get it ad free, get the exclusive post show. So thank you to Mohammed Mohammed, AKA Momo and blackjack, but enough about that. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper report. Two items on the Roper report. A baker's doesn't two really just two. Well, number one has multiple parts, and it's all about this PlayStation 5 event. So don't oh, yeah. worry. You're, you, you got plenty to talk about here, Kev. So I want you to sit back right now, Kevin, kick off your slippers, and get comfortable, all right? Slippers coming off. Thanks, buddy. Uh, number one, there's going to be a PlayStation 5 event next week. We're reading from Jim Ryan's letter over on the PlayStation blog. It reads, with, with each generation from the first PlayStation to PlayStation 4, we aim higher, and we push the boundaries further to try and deliver better experiences for our community. This has been the mission of the PlayStation brand for more than 25 years, a mission I've been a part of nearly since the beginning. There are few things as exciting as the launch of a new console. While this road to launch has been a bit different, we are as thrilled as ever to bring you uh, bring you with us on this journey to redefine the future of video games. And he spells video games all one word, and I hate that. Mm, I do that uh, too. Oh, it's, come on, Jim. Join us in the future. Uh, we've shared technical specifications and shown you the new DualSense wireless controller, but what is a launch without games? That's why I'm excited to share that we will soon give you a first look at the games you'll be playing after PlayStation 5 launches this holiday. The games coming to PS5 represent the best in the industry from innovative studios that span the globe, from innovative studios that span the globe period. Studios, both larger and smaller, uh, those newer and those more established, all have been hard at work developing games that will showcase the potential of the hardware. This digital showcase will run for a bit more than an hour, and for the first time, uh, we will be together virtually experiencing the excitement together. Uh, A lack of physical events has given us an amazing opportunity to think differently and bring you on this journey with us, and hopefully closer than ever before. This is part of our series of PlayStation 5 updates, and rest assured, after next week's showcase, we will still have much to share with you. Please join us on Twitch or YouTube on June 4th at 1 p.m. Pacific uh, to see what's in store for the next generation of games. I hope we can make you proud. It's so personal. You know what? I've been saying for a long time, Jim Ryan, we got him all wrong. He's not a corporate suit. He wants to sit down and get a beer with us. He very much does. Maybe take us on a per- date. Take us on a date, have a beer, protect the children. You know what I mean? That's play what play some video games. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I mean, really, this is a lot of fluff, but it's positive fluff, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. You know, it, do- it doesn't ultimately mean that much. So of course, you're excited to show us the video games we are excited to see the video games um, i love seeing the video games I, it's one of my favorite things to see frankly um <laughs> so, so i'm i'm stoked 
Uh, I don't have that much else to say, though. Here's my question is, where do you start setting your expectations for what we're getting? Because I have more here from a whole bunch of different stuff. But what I found interesting about this is that in the buildup to this PlayStation 5 event, right? PlayStation's been showing the DualSense, the Mark Cerny talk, all the things we've talked about, the uh, Unreal demo. We were all like, when is, they're clearly building to a big event. It's going to be the reveal. It's going to be akin to how their E3 presentations have been in the past, right? Maybe one showcase to rule them all. Mm-hmm. This very much sounds like it's not that. This is very much talking about the games. We're going to talk to you about all these different games, right? This is part of a series of our PlayStation 5 updates. What is the launch without games? Uh, over on Games Industry Biz, uh, they have a quote from Jim Ryan over here that, quote, it's time to give fans something they can that can only be enjoyed on the PlayStation 5. Super exciting. Mm-hmm. More than an hour of games. Super exciting. My big question, Alana, are we going to see what the PlayStation 5 actually fucking looks like next week? While you're right that I actually did expect this to be more of a PlayStation 5 hardware-specific event than a games event, it does, like you said, sound like it's more about games. Um, The mention of things that you can only play on PS5 indicates exclusives, obviously. All of that is still exciting to me. Um, But no, that does make it sound like it's not an event focused on that hardware. I do think it is time for them to at least show us what it looks like right so maybe we get a and one more thing and then it's an image or a little sizzle reel or something short and sweet just about what the damn thing looks like especially when we've already seen the controller Mm -hmm. i feel Mm -hmm. like you you want that hype you want it to spread too especially with the way social media works now the image of the ps5 is probably going to be memed in some way somehow like the xbox bridge and like they they almost want that because then it just spreads awareness of that thing so i feel like they're already late to the game Yes, and I think we see it next week. We have to. And that's the thing is like, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to dream too big here. Cause like, I was very much like when, you know, Jeff Grubb was talking about these June 4th events and then suddenly a June 3rd and now it's officially June 4th. But when he was talking about what this was going to be, I was very much in the camp of it's going to be everything. Here's a whole bunch of games. Here's the box. Here's the price. Here's the date. Bam. And this is making it sound like it's not going to be that, which I'm fine with, but I, we can't end this and not know what the PlayStation 5 looks like, right? That has to, you're, I think you're on the money. It has to be a, we've shown you all the games and we'll be back to talk about the hardware. Oh, but one more thing and they actually show the box. To be fair, I don't, do they ever, when we're going into an, a usual E3 press conference for any hardware reveals before, do they hype it up as saying, you know, this is the first time you're going to see the PS4? You, this is the first time you're going to see the PS Pro? Do they do that? Because I mean, PlayStation's E3 conferences, I guess aside from last year, which is, or the year before, but the most recent one, which was kind of a weird one, is generally back-to-back-to-back-to-back games anyway. That is how they've always done those. I don't feel like they ever have had one, except for maybe when it was much, much, much more press-orientated, less since it's been play-orientated, that they've shown hardware to an extensive degree. So did no, they even announce it if they were going to? The thing I was hung up on is I don't remember if they said ahead of time, like, PlayStation 4, yeah. RE3 presentation is going to give you everything you need to know about the PlayStation 4. I'm not sure how they promoted it, but for sure that's where you saw it. Because the February event where they talked about the PlayStation 4 didn't reveal the box. Yeah, it, it does. Cerny like came out and talked about his voxels and all that stuff. 20, we didn't know that. 2013. And yeah. Then it, it, Playstation 4, yeah. The PlayStation 4 E3 conference is the one where Jack Trenton came out and had all those like graphics behind him explaining game share and explaining the actual like right. minutia of how you were using it in programs and stuff. Yeah, I just it could happen anyway. I don't think this rules out them sure. talking about it to some extent. Um, it, and obviously, and I, we already know a fair amount because of, like you said, Sony's presentation that I guess was supposed to be at GDC. Uh, 
Yeah. So, and, yeah, but that's it, the thing is, I thought we had already been hitting these milestones where you would get to here and just do it. But now it seems like I don't want to say they're taking a page from Microsoft. I don't know if they are or not or how that is. But I thought I thought Xbox was going to be the ones here who were we're doing these monthly events and we're going to keep this drip of content. And I thought PlayStation was going to come in and be like, bam, there, you know, this is how we're doing it. We're giving it the more traditional way of everything here. Is, is a long time. It's longer than I expected. But I guess the thing that would uh, stop it from being one huge drop of content is that they already broke out The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima State of Plays, whereas those easily could have been part of this same thing, being that both of those games still come out after this event. So for them to take those two massive launches out yeah. does mean we're probably going to see something that is focused on just PS5 games. Which is smart. Um, which is smart. Which is very cool. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about it is this messaging they're getting in front of already, right? Where it's going to be an hour of this. It's this excitement. But it is this game's industry quote of it's time to give fans something that can only be enjoyed on PlayStation 5, right? Which I think is a bit of a jab at how Xbox did their first uh, inside, or not their first, but their inside Xbox most recently, right? Where it was a bunch of, hey, here are a bunch of games that are, some are exclusive timed or whatever, but most are third party. It's just third party partner stuff that, you could get technically on a PlayStation 5 if you really wanted to. So yeah. this makes it sound to me at least, This, I mean, I'm sure we'll get partners for sure, but it makes it sound to me like we are going to see what the first parties for launch are working on or in the launch window. In any other year uh, for the E3 cycle, I would have expected everyone to do that next week or the week after. So it makes yeah. perfect sense. It's I don't feel like they're doing things quite that differently. Um, but regardless, I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. Now, here's where it gets interesting as well. Of course, uh, Jim Ryan making the rounds today with a bunch of embargoed interviews. So people had him on different things or in different posts, uh, quotes, quotes. Um, we're going to go to CNET. They have an interview. This is Ian Shear. Uh, he was asking basically, like, are you still on track, you know, with everything that's going on with the pandemic? Uh, Jim Ryan says, we remain absolutely on track. Uh, we're going to launch this holiday. We will have a global launch and where we're and where we're greatly looking forward to it. Uh, and we very much want the gaming world to look forward to it too. I was like going from the reading the polished PR, uh, everybody's gone through it and taken everything out, letter he did on the blog, and then reading how somebody actually talks. But it's like <laughs> well, 15 uh, and. He's like, and, and, hold on, and. Don't get me wrong. Chat I it, just I, had to go at me because I said orientated twice. I was like, yeah, humans exactly. don't speak quite the way they type. <laughs> I wish we did. That'd be better. <laughs> I'm uh, so Some of us do. The, <laughs> oh, that's accurate kevin that's accurate uh though neither sony nor microsoft have revealed uh what they'll char charge for their respective devices ryan said sony wants to make sure people feel it's fair quote we'll try to get the price right and value propositions right or proposition right he said ryan added that sony's struggled to meet initial demand for previous playstation devices when they've launched that may happen this time too he said but it won't be meaningful meaningfully worse because of the coronavirus quote right now uh, we're not seeing anything uh, saying to us that there's going to be problems with quantities or we won't be able to launch the way we want, he said. I followed this up with an, a little thing Matt Perslow had seen this over on BBC Radio 1. Uh, talking to BBC Radio 1 Newsbeat, uh, Ryan would not confirm a price, but he did state that the pandemic had not changed PlayStation's pricing plans. He also believes COVID-19 will not impact distribution of the console. Quote, it's obviously introducing a new level of complexity any business would prefer not to have to deal with, he said. Uh, but we're feeling really good about the supply chain. We are going to launch this year and will be global. Uh, while he notes that the hardware engineers have been unable to get to China to complete their work on finalizing prototypes, Ryan states that, quote, everybody just rolled their sleeves up and got on with it. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, again, here's a question. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Tell oh, no, me your again. Ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, no, no, please, you. Please. No. <laughs> 
this is all stuff that I'm like, cool, but is all still ultimately fluff to me. Um, oh, yeah. Glad to hear it's on track. I was worried. I was more worried about the PS5 than I was about uh, Xbox when it comes to launching on time, because I know that um, Sony has historically worked more closely with Chinese manufacturers when it comes sure. to both hardware and software in terms of development. Um, so I wasn't sure if they were 100% going to be on time, but it sounds like everything's working out, which is awesome to hear. I feel like I'm I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for a new console. Oh, it's God. about time. Aren't we? Aren't we always excited for new tech? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark Starvagi writes into patreon.com slash games just like you can. It says, hey, KFGD crew. The PlayStation 5 event is next Thursday. Assuming it's what we all hope, does this mean pre-orders will open soon? I'm not sure if for past console launches, we had to wait a couple of months before the release. Thanks for everything, Mark. This is where it gets interesting, Alana, right? Because I remember distinctly for the PlayStation 4 E3 conference, and I believe the Xbox One as well, but I remember being in the IGN war room, watching it all happen, and then somebody being like, pre-orders are up on Amazon, and we all jumped on and started pre-ordering right there. If they don't, like... What's so fascinating about this is I feel like they're doing a great job of saying, hey, we look what's going on, everybody. Uh, we don't – we're just saying games. It's going to be a games thing. You can't get mad at us, mad at us and say we overpromised. We told you it was just going to be games. <laughs> However, that screws up the plan of this is – you know, next week would have been E3, right? I got the dates right on that one. We, we're in the normal flex of where E3 should have been, or is it the week after? No, it would have been starting, I think, next Friday in theory because they keep Yeah, yeah, it was the or whatever starting to roll yeah. So yeah. – we're right in the throes of where E3 would be, which means that historically you would have announced the, shown the console and done all the stuff and given us a price and then pre-orders would have started. So if they, if it is what we're talking about and it is just, hey, here are a bunch of games and then at the very end they go, hey, uh, and this is what it looks like. Are pre-orders open then? Like for an unnamed price? Do they announce the price? I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what's going to happen. I know because I think do they don't even really know. Like, I'm sure they do now, but up until this very point, I don't feel like they even really knew what they were going to do. Um, Pre-orders are also a tricky one because so many GameStops is still closed. So, you know, I, I spoke to a few people in different countries who weren't able to pick up games that they pre-ordered or cancel their pre-orders for games like Final Fantasy VII mm -hmm. um, just because those stores are completely closed and nobody is actually working there right now. So pre-orders are not the way they would usually function right now. Like I know that um, the US has a habit of pre-ordering things on Amazon, but a lot of other countries still try to do that retail as much as they can. Uh, Amazon in Australia was virtually unusable because it was so expensive until very, very, very recently where they opened up a branch in Melbourne. So like online pre-orders make everything very, very complicated. Do we get a price? Look again, it's about time, but I, in my head, I have it that PlayStation always likes to wait until Xbox has, has released their price. I, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know. It, it feels like the perfect time to do that. It feels like the perfect time to drop a, here's what it looks like. You've seen all these games. Here's how much it is pre-order. I would like them to do that. Are they yeah. going to? I have absolutely no idea. Speaking of what we're going to see, Malcontent Ronan writes into patreon.com slash games and says, hey, Greg and Alana, loving the crossover content. For a while, we've been hearing about a supposed PS5 reveal in the first week of June. Glad to see they didn't wait until the day before to announce it. Now that it's coming, though, how odd is it to consider that the promo image is just the controller? Nothing about that image or the announcement itself, described as an hour of games, suggests the console itself will be shown. Do you think this event will parallel the PlayStation 4 uh, reveal, which uh, was great, but widely criticized for, you know, not revealing the box? God, I hope not. Thanks. 
this I've seen kicked around a lot, the, the controller. And Kevin, I said I, I was wrong about where we needed to put it. If you can bring up that PlayStation blog post uh, and show the controller uh, graphic right. here. The thing that's been making the rounds, of course, yeah, is that, you know, uh, the Twi PlayStation Twitter and then PlayStation blog have this graphic up announcing uh, the June 4th event. They're using the DualSense as the promo art. And on top of that, the DualSense they're using is all black. And so I've seen this concern, question, whatever of, do you hmm. think this means that the dual sense they took feedback in and it will actually be all black because obviously the one they showed was a uh, what do you call it? Not monochrome, but a, it's dual colors of white and black. I forget what you call that. I'm, I'm too stupid to remember that. But it was a it's different dual look. Tone, I guess. Dual tone. Two tone. I don't know. Two tone. Two tone. That makes sense. Yeah. I heard that. Jimmy <laughs> two tone. Uh, but yeah, like, does this mean they're changing that? What does it all shake down to? I think. I don't want to read too much into the controller because I do think that uh, all black controller looks better than the two tone they revealed. Great. Not that I'm, you know, I'm horribly against it there. Kevin's got it up now. Uh, but it is this idea that like people have been like, why are they showing the controller or whatever? It's like, well, what else are you going to show? Um, I'll look at my... it. <laughs> yeah, I realized this in the green screens. And here it is. The PS5 controller. Wow. Uh, I think that part of this is that they want, I, I could be fully off, but you know, just studying marketing. I try to, I try to think about this stuff as much as I can. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like part of it is that PlayStation has done a very good job of making their controllers all extremely recognizable and synonymous with the actual consoles themselves and the games themselves. You know, you see GIFs of the evolution of PlayStation's controllers. You don't see that with Xbox. You don't even really see that uh, necessarily as much with Nintendo, even though those have changed a lot more. It's just like the, the PS4 controller or the, sorry, the, the PlayStation controllers in general are really iconic. So I feel like using this is an indication that it is um, a focus on, you know, software coming to that platform, but also trying to get the image of this controller in people's heads for marketing purposes totally, to totally. have that synergy, to tie that to the PlayStation 5, to make it super recognizable because that's helpful for them off the bat. I don't know that it necessarily means anything more than that. It it does, again, in my head, imply that maybe we will see hardware. I just feel like you we have, have to. to. We can't not see it. If like we don't, that's I'm going to be thing. like, so when? When then? Yeah, Tell exactly. Us, give us a date or you show it. And that's my thing is that I think PlayStation, you know, first off, I want to call out this controller we were showing, right? Uh, the chat I saw going off of this is kind of like the uh, uh, dress image from back in the day of like, what color do you see? They're like, no, that is white. It's just a, it's a darkened image. And it's like, oh, interesting. Okay. I can see <laughs> that. But I, then it it's is also really, the really hype. Of, all right. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, but that aside or whatever, right? Like PlayStation smart enough to understand that they could come out next week. They can show an hour of amazing games. And if they don't show the box, the headlines and the internet commentary will be where the fuck was the box? You know what I mean? Like it, no matter what games you show and how hopefully Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or whatever the hell it's called and all these amazing things, it would still end. And we're going to be like, unless they end it and they're like, we hope you enjoyed this. I know everybody wants to see the box. You know, we're going to do the box and the reveal event in July and they give you a date for that. Then it would still be like, oh, it would fucking suck. Here's but I the know thing. Greg Miller, do you yeah. think that matters to them? If they choose not to show the box, sure, we'll all be confused. And yeah. again, having studied marketing and knowing how manipulative, <laughs> manipulative it is, they want people to have that image in their heads for as long as possible when it comes into uh, the actual launch window. But aside from that one point, do you think it really matters to PlayStation or to Sony themselves if everyone is confused about them not showing hardware? Do they care? Do they have reason to care? I think they have reason because I just don't. I, I, you're long and short of it. 
in the grand scheme, no, you're right. They don't care. They want you talking about the PlayStation 5. And if and if the idea here is is to tease you for as long as possible to get you excited for this box, then I guess that makes sense. But I just feel like, especially with the Jim Ryan quote of like things you can only get on the PlayStation 5, coming off of that sounds like you want to learn or at least capitalize on the mistakes of Microsoft, right? And so if that's the what you want to do and you want to roll out that way, I would think you just don't want to step on that rake. That's, you know, it's an unforced air, as you say. Like, if it, it, all you have to do is show, because I think if you just show the box at the end, like we're talking about one hero 360 spin of it or whatever, that's enough. Because I don't think the headlines wouldn't be, what's the price? When's the date? Yada, yada. It would be like PlayStation 5 blowout, amazing games, and we see what the console looks like. I think if you don't show it, then yeah, all the games are overshadowed and it gets domino effect that out. There could be uh, a highlight game that they really want to show off. Bloodborne 2, please, Bloodborne 2. Oh um, which seems really unlikely because I know they're working on something else, but I would really like that. Um, and, and that they don't want those things competing, especially in an era where, or a year where we're not having E3. They have the opportunity to split these events up into multiple things and decide what takes the headline. So it's entirely possible that they do want the games to overshadow everything else. And I mean, they're in a good position where exclusives are concerned because Xbox hasn't done it. There isn't anything on the Xbox Series X that I particularly care about playing right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. sure, I will get it in large part because it's my job and because I like having all the hardware. You can see sure. video games are great. Uh, but if if PlayStation comes out next week with you know major titles that people are going to be really excited about, they're already in a better position. What's to stop them from two months away showing what the box looks like and, like you said, teasing that out and keeping the hype up? Like, I just don't know. Again... Think they should. It's about time. Part of the I want to know what it looks like. And I think part of the problem that is the realistic problem, and I think we see it with the dual sense, right? Is like even though they use it in a PR markety way, when they showed the dual sense, they said in it, right? Like it's getting sent out to developers now. So we thought we'd show you too. That wasn't them throwing us a bone. That was we know someone's gonna leak it. We know sure. someone's gonna take it somewhere and take a photo and upload it to Reddit or whatever. So let's get ahead of it. I still think they have that ticking time bomb with the console. Where I think back to, you know, the PS3 Slim that leaked out, you know, somebody took it out, somebody took the prototype out of the factory and whatever, took a photo of it like a bazaar. Like that could happen with PS5 as well. So I think the closer you get to it, the more and more you have to show this at some point. And I just, you have all eyes on this thing. I would do it now. Yeah, it's like the pressure's not even necessarily on them for the timing. It's on everyone else for the timing, which related, this is seems like a year where we maybe won't have amazon and walmart leak every video game ever maybe i feel like that hasn't happened yet it's usually this week prior to e3 but maybe (laughs) it's not gonna happen this time well now that's i mean like it's not a unified front anymore right like yeah nobody has to hit a deadline no not i should say no everybody doesn't have to hit the same deadline which is where it got unruly and out of control like you have everybody doing different things in different conferences and different announcement schedules so how it all shakes out is fascinating yeah, look, I'm going to vote that they do show us what it looks like. I, I, do too. Um, I do too. So if we're putting votes on that, it's not a very interesting bet, but it seems like they should. <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm, I'm really not confident. Um, usually That's I go into right. presentations like, here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what they're going to do. But this year is just so different that I really don't know. It's a, I think they should and I think they will, but I don't know if they will. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> I'm with right. you, right? Of like, I can see them not doing it, but they have to have some messaging about it. Yeah, if they don't do it, 
which I mean, I said this with the, the loss of a state of play though. I was like, when you guys have that, please announce the next event at the end of that. That's what I really yeah. wanted them to do. So maybe, maybe they won't. I kind of thought that they would. Um, you think it would but, make sense, right? Like let's daisy chain these together. Let's link everything together of like, yeah. especially for it. Be, and I understand there's always moving parts to all this and it's not as easy as we think, but like, even with ghost, if you're bringing back state of play and you're like, guess what, everybody, like we have a summer of PlayStation events for you. I would announce all those dates at the end so people know what they're getting excited for and they don't sit there going, where's the, the next one? Yeah, exactly. It just seems like it makes more sense to give people a schedule that they can look back on or at least let the media publish that schedule for you. But we're also, you know, more connected now than we pretty much ever have been before. Social media use is up more this year than it has been pretty much ever before. So I guess it makes more sense that Sony's like, we'll just tell everyone ourselves when it's coming out and not rely on press or not rely on people watching the stream live to announce the next thing. Um, so they can, that's a benefit. They can just directly talk to the people who follow them on what they want to see. One thing that I did feel about the state of plays though, I don't know if you noticed Greg, and I wasn't watching across everyone, but uh, their live concurrent views were way less than I would have expected. Oh, yeah? The Last of Us Part 2 only just hit 100,000 like towards the end of that stream, uh, live concurrent viewers. And I, I felt like that was a really small amount for that game. And is that just because people aren't understanding that this is like an E3 style event that they're rolling out? I just don't know why they aren't getting the concurrence that I would have expected them to get. Is there an argument for so many people doing reacts and talkovers and stuff like we were? And I'm not saying right. we had, you know, the other 200,000 you're looking for, but I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's us, it's IGN, it's GameSpot. Like, yeah, because like I places feel now like, to go get that content. Well, I know that like sometimes when I was doing the IGN E3 ones, that IGN would have more concurrence yeah. than Xbox itself would. So that is entirely possible, but it still seemed like a lot less than I expected. And I don't I know. It's just interesting how fragmented we all are now, right? Where it's like, you yeah. can get this in any different, you can watch it embedded on Twitter live, right? And that's a different number going to somewhere. Out of nowhere, but you know yeah, maybe it doesn't mean anything. I, I, I don't know, but before we get question, out just show me the damn box. Show me the fucking box. Uh, before we get out of this. Small. PS Pro is, is big. Yeah, but it looks good. I look over there, I look at it. Look it is good. really pretty. It's true. I'm rocking Damn. the Spider-Man one right now. And as I look hey, at the side, me. let me tell you, I got to clean the Death Stranding one. And I'm like, oh, it slightly sits over the lip of that, but it sure does look good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jim Ryan, before he got off uh, the hot seat with all these different people, and I'm going back to the CNET article from Ian, uh, talked a little bit about Last of Us and what's going on with that. Uh, despite the drama, Ryan said demand for the game, The Last of Us Part Two, remains strong. In one example, he noted that Sony tallied more pre-orders in Europe for The Last of Us Part Two than it did for Marvel's Spider-Man at the same point before its launch uh wow. that 2018 superhero game which was also a playstation 4 exclusive was considered one of the best games of that year quote we hope this will be a defining game for this generation ryan said of the last of us part two and though sony hasn't announced plans to offer a more visually rich version of the game for the playstation 5 when it launches ryan said the version launched in june will run on the playstation 5 without issue Though The Last of Us Part Two will launch in June, the company's June 4th event will focus on, quote, games you'll be playing on the after the PlayStation 5 launches this holiday, Sony mm -hmm. said. Alana, where are you at right now for your hype with Last of Us Part Two? Uh, Yeah, very excited. Um, yeah. And this is a really interesting one that I always try to remember is uh, the moment that it was myself and Tom Marks wrote um, that first very, very, very negative preview of, of Battlefront 2, uh, where we figured out that it was riddled with microtransactions and the internet seemed so angry. And the then the game went on. Away. <laughs> and then the game went on to sell extremely well. And I feel like I had suspected this, but that was the first moment I had where I was like, the circles that I see um, being so embedded in games culture 
are not indicative of larger sales or yep. what the broader public thinks. So the, the vocal, power of the vocal minority, right? Yeah, but it does, it seems so big when you're looking at it. Like again, when you're very embedded in in games culture and you're looking at subreddits and you're reading all the tweets and I'm using that new Twitter feature where you can follow subjects and I love that. It's great. So I'm like following gaming. So I'm just seeing more than I normally even would. So it, it's a weird one where we feel like this game is um, really controversial and a hot topic and a lot of people hate it. And I've not seen any spoilers myself. Uh, but it probably in the grand scheme of things means absolutely nothing. And a majority of the people who played the first game probably don't even know the leaks exist. And that's a really easy thing to forget when, again, you're very embedded in the culture. Um, so I feel like... The Last of Us Part Two is going to be just fine. Is probably going to be one of the best-selling consoles on the generation ever. I have no doubts about that. Um, still are under NDA, so we can't talk about it. But yeah, um, yeah, 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 the yeah, state yeah. of play, the gameplay looks fantastic, and that's the thing that uh, I actually didn't didn't dislike it. It's still very good, but I didn't love the gameplay in the first game. Uh, it looks like it's improved in such a way that I will really get into it now. So. Um, yeah, stoked. Me Happy too. for the team. Me too. A lot of people worked very hard. Indeed. Uh, number two in the Roper Report, uh, Hideo Kojima had a major project fall through, and Death Stranding was a success. This is Andy Robinson over at the Video Games Video Game Chronicle. Video Games Chronicle? I put VGC, but you know what I mean, right? Video Game Chronicle, <laughs> Video Game Chronicle. Uh, Hideo Kojima has claimed he recently had a major in-development project canceled. Uh, the Metal Gear creator made the comments in an extensive interview with Japanese site Live Door, translated by VGC, in which he also reflects on the sales performance of Death Stranding, which he said he considers a success overall. Asked about plans for his next game, Kojima said, quote, It's still early in the planning stages, so I can't say much. But on the down low, I'm actively working on it. Recently, a major project of mine got canceled, so I'm pretty pissed. But that's just that's <laughs> the game's industry for you. Asked about Death Stranding sales, the Japanese designer said there was no need to worry about funding for Kojima Productions' next project. Quote, We've absolutely crossed the line we needed to cross to be in the black, including recovering development costs. So I call it a successful result, he said. We still have the PC release coming up, and we've secured enough to begin preparing for our next project. So there's no need to worry. Do you know the sales numbers for Death Stranding? Do we have those? No. No, I didn't think so. You know how PlayStation is about that. Like, if it's record-breaking and they have a whole bunch of shit to say, they'll tell you. And if All it means is it's not (laughs) record-breaking. Exactly, exactly, right. It it did well enough for Kojima to be in the black and recoup costs and still get it out to PC, so... One day it'll cross some million milestone and then they'll talk about it. But I think it'll then. be a really fun game on PC. I can't wait to see what the modding community does with that game. Oh my God. Yeah. Have it'll Nick be and Norman read us everywhere. Yeah, totally. Oh, just so much butt. Can't yeah. wait. Run everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad, it, I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, it, it, uh, Death Stranding was one of those games. And I don't, I don't know if we expected more from it, but it was one of those games of the hype building up to it, the launch of it, spoiler cast afterwards, and then kind of quiet. Like, I don't really hear people talk about it outside of if they liked it or didn't like it. I mean, Kovic talked about it on We Have Cool Friends yesterday, right? Where he's like, I didn't really dig the gameplay. Uh, I feel like the the thing with Death Stranding that I keep thinking, which is absolutely not intended to be any insult to that team, is like, I miss the era. I don't know if I said this earlier this week. I miss the era of when we were just getting weird Death Stranding trailers as like short films <laughs> and we were just trying to figure out collectively what the hell they meant. Like that was a lot of fun. I had a great time. Those were good days. Yeah. Like experiencing that with, with uh, Max Scoville and Brian Altano who have two of the most wild creative minds ever, like just hearing them talk about that game. And uh, yeah, it's, it's super fun. Um, you're right that I feel like now it's, 
it's died off. And I initially wondered if some of those mechanics where, you know, other people can put things in the game would mean that as it went on, the game would in theory get easier. Like there would be more stuff in the world that would help you to get through it. So therefore the experience of traversal might be easier for casual players going forward. Cause that seems like a Kojima thing to do, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like, you know, you still have to get somewhere in order to have the benefits of, of the things that people have built or whatever. So I, I, I kind of wish that had happened that the longer that game existed, the more the infrastructure just existed around you because other people had built it and the sure. early adopters had put in all the hard work. I feel like that would have been a really cool thing to do. You but... just start and there's highways to everything. You're like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Walking, no BTs, don't have to worry you about could, nothing. You could ignore them if you wanted, but it, it just would have been like a cool to see an evolution of a game like that. And again, seems like a Kojima thing to do, but alas, that is not the case. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very surprised to hear that a, a project he had in development got canceled. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously that's the translation VGC got. I saw one on Reset Era that was by someone else, and it was that a, a project had fallen through was how he, that got translated. So I don't – it's that interesting thing of did they start pre-pro on something and they eventually got there and it's like this isn't working and that's why he's pissed? Or is it like mm. he was working and pitched a partner or was with a partner and they got to a milestone where like this isn't good? Hard to say. Well, yeah, because canceled is like – especially right now and to be that soon after launch to, to be – I guess it's not that unusual, but to be far enough through development in any case that something can actually be outright canceled and that he had yeah. a- absolute funding for it that soon seems pretty wild. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised too. to hear that. Well, I right. feel like he just, yeah, he Who canceled like, his games? I'm making a game where a flower grows in real time, okay? <laughs> Here's your millions of dollars. I don't know what's going to happen. Go. It'll be a skull Ship it. Yeah, it's really surprising to me, and I, I feel like it would have made a lot of sense if um, the next thing they were working on was a PS5 exclusive, so that maybe yeah. next year Sony could announce another Kojima exclusive or Koji Pro uh, exclusive. That would have been really cool. Um, so I'm really surprised to hear that. I didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Obviously, there's you know rumors that I don't believe are true that he is being brought back to be in some way involved in Silent Hill. Um, I highly doubt that that is is what we're reading about here. I don't imagine that that is is happening but um and back to that too that was the thing i'm trying to see if i can pull it up but you know how reset era works sometimes uh i saw as well in that their translation of whoever put it up and which is why i didn't do it because it's just some person i don't know who they had put it out there uh that he actually got asked about that if he was working on that and he's like that's all a rumor i've never heard anything about it so yeah but that again yeah, that is that what the sense. reset era translation said and that's not what vgc translated which i think they would have put in their headline so take it with a grain of salt either way but take the rumor mm. with a grain of salt but you know what you shouldn't take with a grain of salt? Uh, Alana, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what Kojima Productions Perfect. is working on next, but I'm sure that game is so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Out today, Geo Rifters on Xbox One and PC, Adam's Ventures, or I'm sorry, Adam's Venture Origins on Switch, Indie, 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 is it, I want to say uh-huh. like Apocalypse, but it's Indie yeah. Calypse. Uh-huh. Yeah, go for They it. don't have the pox, so no, got you weird. get it. Uh, Xbox, <laughs> sign it out, Greg. Xbox One, <laughs> Switch, and PC. Strikers 1945-2 on PC. Bioshock, the collection on Switch. Bioshock Remastered on Switch. Pretty Bioshock 2 Remastered on Switch. When we Bioshock Infinite, the complete edition on Switch. <gasps> You're getting back into them? You're going to play them on Switch? When we can get on planes again. I feel like Bioshock uh, is a good playing game. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. 
especially because of the plane crash in the very beginning of Bioshock. Yeah, it's going to make you feel great. Uh, genetic Disaster on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Borderlands, the Legendary Collection on Switch. Borderlands, the Handsome Collection on Switch. Borderlands, Game of the Year Edition on Switch. Uh, Little Misfortune on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. XCOM 2 Collection on Switch. The Last Scape on Xbox One. Ultimate Fishing Simulator on Xbox One. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition on Switch. Wild Tracks Racing on Switch. Flux 8 on Switch. Uh, climb, or maybe it's Climbros, or maybe it's Climb Ross uh, on Switch. Pong Quest on PS4, I'll believe when I fucking see it. FM on PC. <laughs> uh, Malvin's Prehistoric Adventures on PC. Uh, new dates for you. Minecraft Dungeons just came out, but over on the uh, Xbox Wire today, they had this. Uh, they have their first deal, first of two DLC, uh, plan, first of two planned DLCs. Jungle Awakens is coming in July. Then have you played it, Greg? I have. Yeah, I started it on a PlayStation Four. It. Uh, I did. I'd say I'm only probably what like maybe an hour, 15 hour and a half into it or whatever. And it was that thing of, I was talking, we talked about on Gamescast, which I think might be live now, but maybe it's live tomorrow or something. Um, I had that moment where I wasn't playing right and I didn't understand it. And I'm like, this is fun. And it's even when it, what I'm about to say, it's basic, you know, it's a dungeon crawler, you hack and slash, whatever. Right. But it was that thing of like, I finally opened my inventory. I'm like, Oh fuck, this is where everything's been going. And then I started yeah, like assigning the armor and the things and the enchantments. And I'm like, I can see this totally. Uh, what I, you know, I was talking to Imran about it like yesterday. And it's like, it's a podcast game, right? Like, I, yeah. I put it on yesterday. Uh, you know, I was listening to Games Day, Games Daily when Blessing and, and Adam were hosting. And I just, you know, muted the game, had that on. It was just going through and killing enemies and stuff. And it's fun. It. It's cool. Way more yeah, than I, like I thought it would be. Like, it is really, really basic, like you said. Like, really not a lot going on. And that's especially weird because it feels like Diablo, but then yep. isn't quite Diablo. Like, I yep. wish that I had more casting abilities or whatever. But, um... No, it is a lot of fun. I, I totally pretty much recommend it to everyone. It's it's a fun game to, to play with different people. So Yes, and it's, it's that thing. Yeah. It's what yeah. I want out of that kind of game. So yeah, yeah. I'm down. I'm, I'm excited to play more. I was also um, going to say, uh, sorry to, to no, hijack your structure. No, no, Did no, you no, see no, the, no. the uh, Xenoblade drama with, with IGN that, that came what out this week? What do they do now? What are they, too so, much water again? What are they up <laughs> I basically wanted to talk about it because it's an easy thing to like, IGN probably won't ever address, but you and I know the back end of that. Sure. Um, I believe Dan Stapleton wrote the review, played the full game, finished it. And then Brian Altano uh, did the VO for the script and said a few characters' names wrong. Oh. So the internet took that to mean uh, that the person who was reviewing the game didn't know the characters' names because I think he said Duncan instead of Dunman and a bunch of shit like that. Sorry for swearing. Um, so they yeah the, the internet assumed that it meant that they were lying about having finished the game the, the, the way that structured at ign like i feel like dan absolutely should have screened that final video and fact checked brian on having pronounced names wrong um but it, it just is really separated like i don't even yeah. know if if the internet wants to hear dan stapleton whom i love uh be the vo for a review yeah. I don't know, <laughs> like Brian Altano is automatically going to do that in a much more animated way than Dan Stapleton reviews editor at IGN.com. So I just, I kind of wanted to bring that up as a way that like, that's been um, a thing that I think people are coming after Brian for and a little bit Dan too. Uh, it's a mistake that they absolutely shouldn't have made. It's something that it's, you should have just screened the video and checked it, but it is also like done very, very separately with intent to serve the audience uh, as a person who has more experience doing VO, which obviously sure. Brian Altano does. So. I kind of just wanted to bring that up because I feel like this is a good place to do it. And no, I'm glad you know, you did. we both work there. You understand how that stuff works. Oh my God. Also, but when you're making so much content and I know right now that all of my friends there are like bleeding over their 
summer of gaming thing i keep forgetting which one is keely's and which know, one is theirs i know I, summer I of gaming like... whatever <laughs> they're all like very the ig and e3 thing there. is just what i call yeah, it <laughs> the IG and E3. um they're all like bleeding for that right now and i'll seem quite stressed trying to put all that together so it's just I mean, sometimes it's... stuff like this slips through the cracks Big and it's company. the same problem of IG and Summer of Gaming. Um, there you go. No, and it's it's not limited to big people or anybody. Like right, like I'm, I, while this is we've been live, there's been this discussion on Slack about the Last of Us Nick video because I mm. guess two and a half hours in, one of the clips goes back to it's like we had to break it up in clips or whatever, and then put it into one giant thing. One of the clips replays like the first clip of the thing, so you're like mm-hmm. two and a half hours in, you get hour one again. I did that and, with a podcast recently. And it's the thing of Tim's talking about, he's looking at the timeline, everything is in order, no idea why this happened, right? And so it's like, this is what you're talking about. If like, um, if we were all in the office, it would have been very easy for me to go to Cool Greg's desk and screen through it and go go chapter by chapter and see if it all made out sense, right? Broken up, you can't do that. When I'm looking through a giant video, how are you figuring out where the breaks are? Would you even know kind of thing? It's And this sounds like it's just a premiere thing of grabbing the wrong thing, right? So it's private and it's down and that's easy because we're small and nobody gives a shit. It's our, you know, it's you, the kind of funny best friends. You're, you're cool. You, we could have left it up and nobody would have been that mad about it. <laughs> uh, but I, I, for IGN, like, right, exactly what you're talking about of you're spinning so many plates like we all are in all of our jobs. But to now be broken up to have Dan listen to the review ahead of time from over there and hear that Brian did this one thing wrong, right? Like that's impossible and they're not impossible, but it's hard. It's improbable, right? With your daily workload. Yeah. It's just not as easy as people think. And I've, I've told this story before, but I'll I'll truncate it here years ago now, but then years after the review, this guy was going to cite me on, I ran into a developer at a bar I'd never met. And he's like, you're Greg Miller, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm Greg Miller. And he's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> and he said it in a fun way. Like he wasn't really hating me, but it was that I'd reviewed one of his games and given it a bad score and kind of fucked up the studio. And he was like, not, he, it was like a jovial call out, but it was a call out. And we had a conversation about it. And one of his, like for years, he'd been grinding this ax along with all his friends about why they hated me. He's like, and we watched your video review and you were like swinging into walls. You didn't know what the fuck you were doing. And I was like, well, I didn't capture the footage. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was that. probably Mike Pereira in a capture yeah. bay doing it all himself yeah. for the first time on my save. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. There's a lot under the hood at IGN and a lot of moving parts and a lot of pieces. And I always have th- sympathy for if they make mistakes like that. But at the same yeah. time, I'm always like, guys, it's so simple. Why do you keep doing this? Like, I was there when the um, Steven Subtick thing happened where I believe oh, yeah, it was yeah. Rory made a vlog that was in the same style. And so I was getting people, like, adding me about how I could let that happen. And I'm like... You think I knew that video even existed? Yeah. Like, of yeah. course I didn't know they were making that. The company's so big and people are working on so many different things and that has nothing to do with my job. A, I had no idea that video was ever being made or never saw it being filmed or didn't know it was an edit because you just don't see the stuff other people are making. Totally. And B, who is Steven Subtick? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so confused. Yeah, no, but that was my thing too, where it's like I had heard the name, obviously, because I don't even think he was with rt yet in the let's play family or no, whatever but i no. i had heard of the name through tim telling me he's funny or whatever and then i saw it happen i'm like oh look ig is talking oh fuck this isn't good <laughs> and then i had to go watch stuff and i'm like oh, i see it i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was a thing when i had I had tracked it all down and watched it but to to have people assume that because i worked at ig and i had any idea that that was happening it's totally. just like just wild stuff so basically just figured it's a good opportunity to bring that up it's like yeah it's been a controversy for IGN this week which is both a bummer or anything you'd hope that they would fix, but it's also just really not that simple. That company is yeah, exactly. massive. There's too many moving parts, really. 
Absolutely. And, and everything's on fire all the time. So exactly. that's how it works. <laughs> Deals of the day for you. Uh, we have uh, Twitch Prime stuff. So in June, members will receive the following five free games as part of the free games with Prime program. Uh, psychological Horror Game Observer, uh, Cyberpunk Shooter Forsaken Remastered, 2.5D Arcade Platformer Steel Rats, acclaimed survival adventure game The Flame in The, Flame in the Flood, and Retro FPS uh, Project Warlock. Members can also claim uh, 20 plus free SNK games over the coming months with uh, seven available right now. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, which of course gives you all these free benefits. Yes. Bro, is Forsaken remastered like like remastered Forsaken as in like N64 Forsaken? Because if yes, I'm about to lose my mind. The one that came out in 98. If they remastered that Forsaken now and I didn't know about it, yeah, it looks like it is the greatest. Yeah. They apparently remastered it for Windows and Mac out. OS in 2018. I have no idea. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2018 oh Forsaken. How, what is the remaster? 3D first-person like? shooter game, Probe Entertainment, N64 published by Acclaim. Oh remastered version was released in 2018. Oh my god, I had no idea. Well, now this it's free because is... you got Prime, right? Yeah. Remember, this if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. Excellent news. I you love free that games. game. And you also, also of course, very bad at it. Get a free 30-day subscription to anyone you want on Twitch. If you're oh. listening to this to you in your car and you've never, you're like, I don't anyone. listen, use Twitch. Like, this is a great idea. Why don't you pull over the car in the median right now and open up your Google Chrome and then you just log into your Amazon and then you go to, you just Google uh, Twitch Prime and then you find that there it is and you link it up and then you come to Kind of Funny Games and you give us, you give us the sub and we have a free sub and it's free money. If, you, if you're not using it, you're wasting it. They're laughing at you at True. Amazon HQ. True. Jeff Bezos just laughing in your face. So screw that over. <laughs> screw With all over. his damn money. Yo, I am going to play this Forsaken remaster this weekend. Wow. That is Look how, so... That happened. That's how fast it can happen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you can find my God. your games just like that. Well, that's a game that I played as a kid, and it was one of the 64 games that like I was just really, really bad at because I would have been... I don't know what the math on it. Five when it came out? Sure. <laughs> I was pretty young. So I just... You know, it it was really the only 64 game I remember just failing miserably at. Um, sure. But I tried over and over and over and over again. Uh, the fact that this uh, this is great. That's my weekend sorted. I can't wait. I'm excited for you. Thank you. <laughs> it means a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's time for some reader mail. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Ask your questions there. Are, I, were you ever a Destiny person? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah. Boris and Double Zero writes in with a question here that's kind of related to news, but I didn't put it in the news, but it's all great. So here we go. Good morning, Greg and Alana, but mostly Alana because it was a Destiny question. Okay, so I should have read further in the question. In uh, yesterday's <laughs> This Week at Bungie, uh, Bungie said that the next season and this fall's expansion pack will be revealed soon. However, this morning, the Destiny 2 Twitter dropped something and quote, and, and this is all caps, and the darkness slash Doritos are coming. Now, clearly, this team. Huh? Uh, I just yeah, go to Kevin. If you want to throw up Destiny's Twitter, it's like a sound wave they have in the very first. Uh, now, clearly, this tease is f- is hmm. far more than that. But my question is: Do you think this is enough to revive the fan base of Destiny? Between sunsetting guns, making the story of the game move at a snail's pace these past few seasons, and other complaints fans are throwing a bit of a fit, and complaints seem to outnumber the praises lately. However, the next expansion seems to be bringing a large chunk of the story to a conclusion based on the teasers and signposting. Do you guys think this could win the hardcore back and maybe even get new people involved? Or is this just going to be like every big Destiny expansion release to get a ton of new players in and then have a ton of people fall off later in the latter half of the year? Thanks for everything, Greg and 
our lore queen, Alana. I wrote a like a lore explainer for Kotaku about thank you, thank you. the Lost DLC. I'm super into Destiny lore slash lore in general. I love it. Um, look, for all my friends who play Destiny, myself included, the reason that Destiny gets so much hate is because we love it. It's a thing that like, it's because you're extremely passionate about the thing that you're playing um, and your experiences with it and the things that you really like about it. You get a lot angrier when things aren't going the way that you planned. And I do feel like they make a lot of really strange choices that I don't understand. They take away things that they know people like. It's very confusing, but it also feels like a game, again, that people have sunk a lot of time into over the years from the start of Destiny 1. That no matter what they do now, people are very attached to a lot of the stuff that's happening and are going to be mad. Um, I actually do think, yes, this will win the hardcore back for a period of time. Like my Destiny squad, who I always play Destiny with, are currently not playing. They are instead playing Sea of Thieves, which I'm having a great time with. Interesting. <laughs> Um, but I, I do think it'll win the hardcore back, but I think this person is exactly right. Um, it will get new people involved as well. Um, but it will at the same time be like every big destiny expansion release, get a ton of new players and then have them fall off. I do think that that will happen. Um, it, it just isn't enough to sustain people playing destiny nonstop for a long time, but it, I don't think what what happened? It was we had green screen things going on there. <laughs> um, we see Kevin's preview, so that's not necessarily live. Sometimes it is live. Uh, I don't know. Was, it was, was totally, it was totally live. Totally live. Was okay. live. It doesn't uh, matter. <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, oh, you're fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you know, make any mistake you like, fam. You you have a good time. So I think this person is entirely on point, and frankly, didn't need to ask me this question. But I do want to iterate again. When it seems like there's more negativity than than positivity with Destiny, I really think it's because people are so passionate, not because yeah. they actually hate Destiny. They're so involved in Destiny that they get mad. It's it's the you're the most critical of the things you love. That's the yeah. way it works. Um, is, so every yeah, time I, I talk to Andrea, or Andrea is on a show and talks about Destiny, it's that right. Where yeah. she loves Destiny and plays it nonstop, but then yeah, she has these cutting criticisms and you know wants whatever it is. I'm not gonna speak for her because I haven't talked to her about it in a while. But uh, to apparently what Boards is talking about, I didn't even realize there was this thing that or, or what you're talking about, Alana, of you know uh, hardcore communities kind of drifting off a bit on it. It's cyclical, so it's like pretty much yeah. every time there's no new content drop, they seem to disappear. I do feel like it's worse right now, um, but it also I don't imagine matters to Bungie that much I feel like the player base that they have is entirely sustainable um sure they're always going to want bigger numbers that's a thing but I, I don't feel like it's like the game is failing and is going to die uh by virtue of you know not having millions of concurrents I think they're doing just fine um they do piss people off a lot and it's it's just uh you know it's like it's like dating someone you hate you know uh-huh Exactly. Like you just, you just really wanna, you really wanna make out with them, but they frustrate you all the time. But yeah, you know? shut your fucking face. Don't talk exactly. to me. Right? Yeah, exactly. God. Okay. Mm, it's mm, the ball mm. and chain or whatever. A lot of time to squat up. Okay. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Lucas needs help on PlayStation 4. Lucas's PSN name is Universe616Luke. All one word. Universe616Luke. Why does Lucas need help? He says, just want help to do Dark Zone stuff in Division 2 to get the platinum, my 10th platinum trophy. So... Basically, I've done this, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to walk into the the dark zone with uh, Lucas, ungroup and let him sh and you shoot him, and then he shoots you dead. You do that a bunch of times. There you go. Help Lucas out. 
universe 616 luke just wants help in the dark zone in division two gets that i hope he gets that platinum he will oh my gosh good luck man good luck um as i said at the top of the show this is episode 700 alana and Mm -hmm. that means kind of funny best friend kenny baloo has his normal crazy stats that he keeps on this show just so we can keep going he says so far uh, there have been a total of 95 hosts on the show for the regulars the top five rankings are this greg with 486 shows tim 234 shows andrea rip 168 shows gary 105 shows and then in fifth place now blessing with 83 shows kenny says Blessing has hosted a whopping 74 shows since episode 600, vaulting him into the top five. Very Blessing, proud of you, Blessing. great. Yeah. Right? I like him a lot. He did a great job when I was with him earlier in the week. Very good. Good. Thank you. Whoa, what the hell? Kevin, why is there, why, why'd you multiply, Kevin? I'm, I'm clapping for Blessing. <laughs> no, He's I know some that. some kind but... of human centipede situation. It's, weird well, it's, it's a little Kevin crowd. It's a, I, could, I couldn't do this while looking, so they're they're stacked on each other, but... That's hey, awesome. I he deserves it. All right. Uh, for the guests, the number one guest host is Snowbike Mike. He's in the lead with five hosting appearances. So congratulations to Snowbike. Uh, for hosting combos, uh, we have a tie for number one, but the top five would be including number one and two. Uh, Greg and Andrea and Greg and Tim have now hosted 119 shows together. Uh, Greg and Gary have done 66 shows. Greg and Blessing have done 30 shows. And Greg and Jared at fifth place with 29 shows. Jared Petty also Jared. rest in peace wherever he, you know, he died, went away. What's Jared Petty? You know, you know wherever he is. Wherever, a good man. You know, wherever his soul is. Uh, this show has been run uh, by one of the hosts who reads the Roper Report segment, transitions, etc. The rankings for this being in the lead chair are, number one, Greg with 477 shows. That's up 44 since episode wow. 600. Uh, Tim with 64 shows, up one since episode 600. Slacking, dude. Come on. I know, right? And then the third place, Blessing with 59 shows, up 54 since episode 600. Oh, so wow. Blessing coming on strong. You know, this rookie, this young buck coming out of the blue. Um, and then I want to get, there's more in here, of course, the odds and ends, which I think are really interesting. I'm going to save those for the post show, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, you can also get them. Uh, Kenny always goes and posts them on the kind of funny subreddit. So check it there. But before we go this one for some advanced metrics, the rankings for percentage of shows run to shows hosted for KF and employees. Uh, top three is this, uh, number one, Greg, 98.1%. I'm down 1.2% since episode 600, uh, blessing 71.1% up 15 five percent since episode 600 and then out of the blue number three fran at 39.6 percent down 1.7 percent since episode 600 fran mirabella the third kenny as Very usual good. you are a crazy person thank you for doing all this uh I, again i want to go over the odds and ends he gave us here in the final or in the post show but he ha- he signs off his letter with this i certainly can't end this email without thanking you guys for your incredible hard work to get this show and all the others going uh from your homes during this pandemic uh incredibly there were only two days of audio only before big cab dog came through with working out video for everything your determination to continue making great content has certainly kept myself and so many other best friends entertained and probably more importantly distracted this comes in a time when most uh, every other part of our normal lives has screeched to a halt thanks to everyone at kind of funny for your hard work it's truly inspiring uh thank you for another 100 episodes of this great show and for providing over 700 hours total of daily gaming content here's to the next 100 whatever form that comes in kenny baloo kenny thank you so much as always your 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 dedication is not lost on me yeah that's so cool what a good dude what a great person you know what i mean the kind of funny community full of them 
A lot of jerks. Do, no, I'm kidding now. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, time for You're Wrong. This is where people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames goes to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tells us what we screw up as we screwed up. Uh, Nam Rax here says, IGN is saying that Kojima denied the PT and Metal Gear, Metal Gear rumors based on the Gamatsu translation. So there is more uh, credibility to that. Okay. Um... Um, nanobiologist has a Eurogamer article here and says, uh, it's not, you're wrong, but it's misnews. It's a quote, uh, new PlayStation four games must also run on PlayStation five from July. Sony tells devs, Sony's told PlayStation four game developers that any new titles submitted for certification must be compatible with the PlayStation five beginning the 13th of July. Interesting. Good to know. And then Ryan T from Tennessee. It's, it sounds like he's insulting tax or uh, he's insulting France. So I'm going to let it go. Uh, Greg and Alana, uh, should we call Fran? You're allowed. Exactly. Well. Should we call that nerd Fran Mirabella the underscore to get his hype on Destiny Two teaser drop too? I know he's probably asleep or playing Excel and TurboTax on his PC, but I think the call would round out the show. I hate to break it to you, I have already. Let me check. I texted Fran this morning about seeing if he can get on a Games Daily uh, next week. No response yet. So Fran is very much asleep from his streaming being crazy all night long. I'm sure. But streaming on Twitter, he's making waves yeah. out there. How do, he's the only person who does that. You, you I know, open it's up so Twitter weird. and there it is. Like, all the time all right, hey, at the top. <laughs> uh, Let's run through next week's host for you since it is a Friday. Play some games tonight. Uh, Monday, it's going to be Blessing and Tim. Tuesday, it's going to be Blessing and Imran. Wednesday, it's going to be me and Gary Witta. I'll believe it when I see it. Thursday, <laughs> Blessing and hopefully Fran if he answers my text. Friday, myself and Blessing to round out your week. Alana, thank you once again for being part of Kind of Fun House Week. This has been fantastic. It has been really fun. I believe our uh, our feud video just went up. Um, okay. The little game show that James and Elise made just went up on the Funhouse channel. So if anyone watching wants to check that out, it was really fun. I had a fun time doing that one. So awesome. yeah, it's all been great. Well, a lot of fun content. A lot of great content up again. Kindoffunny.com slash Funhouse will take you to the graphic. You can see all the shows we've done together. You can then go off and find them on your YouTube podcast service of choice. Remember, this show is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, you go over there, ask your questions. You get the show ad-free. You get it with the post show we're about to do exclusively and you just have a good time supporting us as we try to support you in your day-to-day. Alana, where should people keep up with you? I'm at Charalanazad on everything, which is my ma- my name in the middle of Charizard. Good SEO. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got a post show to do. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.